and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. Game week three has now been done and dusted in what was an incredibly hot weekend, which I really couldn't think of anything worse than sitting and playing football. So instead I sat there and watched it with a pint in my hand, which is the correct way to do these things. We've got all the fixtures from the Championship, League One and League Two tonight, for all of your listening pleasure, of which there were some plenty of really excellent goals and games to really get our teeth into. As always, you'll hear a bit of analysis, plenty of interviews and a general uh, consensus on just how the week went. So as always, we'll start with the Championship and on the Friday night game, which was Watford 1, Burnley 0. Tom Cleverley's winner helped 10-man Watford extend their good start to the championship season and end Burnley's unbeaten start under Vincent Company. The hosts led with the, uh, with the game first effort on target just before half-time, as João Pedro's neat touch fr- uh, freed Ismail Assar, whose pullback found Tom Cleverley to side foot into the bottom corner. Josh Brownhill was twice denied by smart saves from Hornets goalkeeper Daniel Bachman as the Clarence improved after the break. The host lost fullback Hassan Kamara to a straight car- a red card for the pulling back of Vitinho as he bore down to- on the penalty area, and Brownhill then turned the Brazilian's cross against the bar, but Watford held out. Watford were without striker Emmanuel Dennis, who we discussed on uh, Friday's review uh, preview uh, show, who is in talks with Nottingham Forest after the clubs have agreed a £20 million fee for the Nigerian earlier on Friday, but moved top of the table going into Saturday's matches. Both sides went into the game having made the same start after relegation from the Premier League, following up on opening day 1-0 wins with a one all draw. And Watford boss Rob Edwards can thank a string of late saves from Austrian keeper Bachmann, as well as the woodwork, for continuing his 100% Vicarage Road record. Burnley boasted 70% of the possession from their opening two games under company and again had the lion's share of the ball in a feisty opening, but a misplaced pass from goalkeeper Andrzej Muric also almost gift-wrapped an opening for Ismail Assar. Watford gave a debut to Hamza Chowdhury two days after his move from Leicester and stepped uh, step things up after the mid-half drinks break. Uh, I actually watched this one in full uh, on Friday night and I have to say Hamza Chowdhury looked really, really comfortable having only just joined Watford. Um, It's almost as if the championship has always been his level. And their improvement was underlined when Cleverly marked his 33rd birthday with a first goal since January 2021 before his celebrations and match was cut short by a knee injury picked up while scoring. Company made a double change just after the hour, including a debut for young winger Nathan Teller, little more than 24 hours after completing a loan move from Southampton. Burnley's threat grew as Watford were pushed back, Bachman twice denying Brownhill, then Luke McAnally's sight-footed volley deep into stoppage time. Having won just two home games last season during their Premier League struggles, Watford have now matched that total just 12 days into their return to the Championship. You're listening to Three Valleys Community Radio. So with that, we moved on to Saturday's games, starting with the lunchtime kickoff, which was Cardiff City 1, Birmingham City 0. Cardiff City extended their unbeaten run over Birmingham to eight matches as they deservedly took three points in a one-sided 1-0 win in the Welsh capital. Cardiff led after a fast start when Jaden Filagonier tapped home from close range on 16 minutes, finishing a sweeping Bluebirds attack. The host should have added to their lead but missed a lot of ho- missed a host of chances. Birmingham saw a second-half penalty appeal waved away as their miserable recent running in Cardiff continued. 
Cardiff fans will be happy with what they saw from their side, who look a more progressive and cohesive team than the one that spent much of last term battling relegation. Bluebirds manager Steve Morrison, who has made 15 summer signings, made two changes from the side beaten at Reading last time out in the Championship, with only Fagonier retained from the Cardiff team thrashed in midweek by Portsmouth in the EFL Cup. Cardiff impressed in their opening day win over Norwich City and threatened to take a quick lead when the ball fell kindly to Ryan Wintle after only three minutes, but he dragged his shot wide. That move came after good play by Marlon Romeo and Calamo Dowder, and the two combined again on seven minutes as Cardiff were later left wondering how they did not score as John Ruddy made a fine double save to deny Romaine Sawyers' initial effort and Max Waters' close-range follow-up. Cardiff continued to cause huge problems for Birmingham down the right flank, right flank and another smart move, a doubter went clear of the Blues' defence and squared for on-loan Aston Villa player Fagonye, who left with a tap-in as Cardiff turned defence into attack in an instant. It took the visitors 30 minutes to even threaten Cardiff's goal, and when they did, they should have been drawn level as Scott Hogan raced clear, but defender Jamulu Collins produced a superb tackle to deny him. The hosts almost missed a brilliant chance before half-time, with Waters spent, sent clear by the lively O'Dowder. But Ruddy spread himself and was able to divert the ball around the post, with Birmingham lucky to only trail 1-0 at the break. There were no obvious changes of pattern of play, with Cardiff seeing two O'Dowder efforts on goal blocked within five minutes of the restart. The visitors thought they'd found a route back into the game when Hogan tumbled into the penalty area and screamed for a penalty on 51 minutes. But referee Darren Bond issued instead pointed for a goal kick and booked Hogan for simulation. The visitors improved after their penalty appeal and were encouraged by Cardiff's failure to score a second goal while they were dominating the contest. Cardiff might have gone clear with a counter-attack that saw substitutes Ruben Colville and Mark Harris combine, but Ken Vinatete headed wide with the goal gaping before O'Dowda saw a credible penalty appeal waved away. However, the host deservedly held on with substitute Shea Ojos curling just wide as Cardiff finished the contest in control. Blackpool nil, Swansea City won. Swansea City claimed a first win of the season as Oliver and Cham struck with a late breakaway goal at Blackpool. Swansea had the better of a goalless first half, with Ben Cabango missing the best of their many chances. Blackpool rewarded a penalty when Henry D Harry Darling found Kenny Dougal, but Andy Fisher saved from Jerry Yates. Swansea's Michael Obafemi wasted a glorious chance as he blazed over from six yards, but made amends by setting up and Cham for an 87th minute tap-in. Despite Blackpool's penalty miss, Swansea created enough chances to win two games, so when Subsergent and Cham finally converted one, the overriding emotion for the Welsh side would have been one of relief after a much-improved performance. It was a testing start to Russell Martin's second season in charge, with the Swans head coach speaking of his anger after Tuesday's EFL Cup defeat at League One Oxford made it three matches without a win. While Blackpool had an opening victory over Reading to show for their early season efforts, they also lost to lower league opposition in midweek as they were beaten by Barrow of League Two. Back in championship action of this occasion, the home side had the first chance as Swansea midfielder Jay Fulton gifted them possession before Josh Bowler jinked past the visitors' defenders only to see his shot saved by Fisher. As ever, the Swans enjoyed long spells of possession, but unlike recent outings, they moved the ball quicker and attacked more directly at Bloomfield Road, fashioning half openings for Obafemi and Matt Grimes, who threatened with long-range efforts. The visitors started to take control of the game and squandered a fine opportunity when Cabango headed wide from a corner. 
Grimes went close again early in the second half as his deflected shot was superbly kept out by Blackpool keeper Daniel Grimshaw. The Seasiders were then handed a golden chance to take the lead when they were awarded a penalty after Dougal was tripped by Darling, but Fisher saved Yates' low spot kick from with his feet. Perhaps the most inviting chance of all was wasted by Arbafemi, who volleyed over from just six yards after being set up by Kamango's header across goal from a corner. Swansea looked the likelier side to score a late winner, but Blackpool kept probing as well with Bowler's firm shot tipped over by Fisher. Then, with three minutes left, Obafemi wriggled free from Blackpool's last defender on the halfway line, surged towards the penalty area and squared the Bulverin Cham to fire in the decisive goal from close range. An exciting affair, mainly uh, against uh, Swansea's defence. So with that, let's listen to Russell Martin, Swansea manager. Uh, Russell, dramatic late win, three points on the board. Must be very happy with that. I am, uh, yeah. <laughs> I said I don't want to be too... Um... I said to the lads in there, I'm so pleased for them, I'm delighted for them. They deserved it, I think. First half, so much aggression, um, willingness to risk the ball in the final third, people willing to run into the final third, win the ball back so quickly, uh, press press so hard and win the ball back relentlessly, regain the ball in their half and then run forward. Um, so there was a lot more in, intensity and aggression in, in our play, which I really liked um, and we need to keep building on. Um, and then, yeah, second half, we start really poorly. Self-inflicted. We, we have to. We have to have less of these moments. I think it's tension. We haven't scored yet. We probably deserve to. Um, they came out a little bit more aggressive, Blackpool. But we have to be able to deal with it. We spoke about that at half-time. Um, and then Fish saves a penalty, and their whole crowd is energised, and they're good. The crowd here, like they get, you know, make it a tough place to come. They were really energised, and had a 15-minute spell after that where um, just caused us a few too many problems. Really, I think. Um, Albeit we haven't, we, I think we, you know, we haven't faced too many shots on target and all that stuff. Um, just yeah, we lost a bit of control, which is going to happen at times away from home. But we have to come through that and, and respond to that. And the crowd responded brilliantly, and the players did. And we wrestled back control after that. And again, looked like the team that was more likely to win the game. Limited them to very little. The later the game, the further the game went on, um, and then we finally got a goal for our award. So the goalie made a brilliant save as well um, for them. So yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with the win, I'm delighted with the clean sheet, they deserve that, they've worked so hard and I hope that that will clear some tension that the players had or, and, and the supporters maybe had um, and it enables us to kick on and, and really improve now. Yeah, on that first half show, you've spoken before about needing to respond well to setbacks, yeah. you know, a couple of disappointing results but for the first half, you know, really good performance, no hangover if you yeah, like. Yeah, they were brilliant. So, and that's what I mean, their bravery and their intensity in the first half, you want, they deserve more, you want them to have more. Um, and then the longer it goes on without you getting it and then Blackpool have a spell they had to really respond and they did they really really did Ben and Harry headed everything Ben was you know absolutely finished really physically he hasn't played for a long time but he was great um, Fish stood up to it brilliantly today I'm really pleased with Fish he's grown so much even in his short time here and he'll continue to grow he's really been fantastic all pre-season and now um, and the fans were, were brilliant so I'm really pleased everyone could have this day I'm really pleased that they could they deserved it, um, the players deserved it for their hard work and I think on the whole, despite that 15-20 minute spell really in the second half, we were, I think no one can argue, we were the, the aggressor, the dominant team and then Michael to do such a selfless act for us to win the game was a beautiful moment really, alleviate the willingness to run and catch up with Michael because it would have been easy knowing how quick Michael is just to watch him um, and, and hope that he finishes the chance and then Michael to have the awareness, the selflessness, the the 
realisation that Olivier's in a better position and then the, the detail and love he puts on the ball is brilliant so um, I'm really pleased for Olivier because we um, we were disappointed on Tuesday me and him with uh, when he came on the pitch and he's responded fantastically right today we know he has so much potential uh, and hopefully that will really help him as well yeah and, you know in terms of you know it's a team game isn't it you know, for Michael to be as selfless as that you know he could so easily have just wanted to be the hero couldn't he you know, yeah. that's that says a lot about what you've got in the dressing room in terms of the relationships those guys yeah, have with each yeah, other. I think we have a, honestly, you see it, you know, most days they're a brilliant group. They really show a lot of love for each other, a lot of care. I think they can definitely be a bit more demanding of each other um, at times, and we spoke about that and they, they accept that. Um, but yeah, they're so together. I said it during the week in the press conference, you know, that, that we have a group of players that really believe in what we're doing. It's not always going to work. There's going to be some moments that are scary and, and a bit messy or whatever, but. Um, they have to show so much courage to play the way we play and show much connection, so much connection, and they do that. So we're really grateful for that, and we we never take that for granted, and they shouldn't really. So they have to keep building their connection, keep building the desire and will and will to win and aggressiveness on the pitch, which was brilliant today. And hopefully, yeah, we'll um, we'll keep building from here. And we know Andy's good with his feet anyway, but two big saves with his feet today, the penalty and the one from Boulder in the first half. Yeah, yeah, so look, we, did, we made a mistake and didn't react well enough to it. Um, and then Boulder has probably the best chance, but fish big moment. We spoke about moments and uh, needing someone in those moments. I did it, wouldn't be fish all the time. Um, but he's shown up. Hard work from Dino with a penalty. To, you know, he, he was signalling to fish work. They spoke about it before the game, that's preparation. Um, and in moments, and in the moment we score, you know, Andy Parslow has been here for pre-season now as a set-piece coach. We look really threatening today, a couple of chances from set-pieces. But then he always spoke about that since he's been in, his, uh, their set-pieces are threat. And we showed that today, so I'm so pleased for him and for the boys that, you know, there's real, um, they're sticking to the detail and there's evidence now for them to really believe even yeah. further in that. Yeah, I think there were 1,500 fans in the away end today you know and they've um, they've got a first win here in 43 years to, yeah, yeah, to go and celebrate they were okay, fantastic yeah. weren't they Dean did say to me before the game we saw in Sky Sports News that we hadn't we'd lost the Blackpool night or we haven't won in nine meetings or something so uh, <laughs> the omens weren't good but yeah I'm really pleased for them they've been in um, the away support especially when they come how far left we were seven hours on the bus yesterday so we appreciate how far it is especially um, those travelled yesterday with the heat and the traffic and today this morning so God knows what time they would have left um, but for them to turn up bring the energy they did I'm so pleased for them that we could we could win the game and hopefully um, we'll have many more days like this. Yeah, and back home now to the double header back at the Swansea.com. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, we have to show the same intensity, the same aggression, the same um, relentlessness, I guess, in terms of energy and, and commitment and quality and the willingness to risk the ball. We have to show everything we did in the first half on uh, at home on Tuesday and really energise the crowd and hopefully the win today will settle everyone down and we can just really build together everyone the fans us the staff the players you guys and we can just keep keep on rolling now and keep improving and um but yeah looking forward to getting back home on tuesday cheers Russ. thank you cheers, man. more of a relieved swansea manager there rather than a pleased one moving on we've got huddersfield town three stoke city one Danny Schofield earned his first win as Huddersfield Town boss at the fourth attempt as his side scored twice in the final 13 minutes to beat Stoke City. After two league defeats and a midweek Carabao Cup exit to Preston, the Terriers won with their first half header from Japanese defender Yuta Nakayama, supplemented by late strikes from Danny Ward and Jordan Rhodes after Lewis Baker had equalised. Stoke wasted a chance to take the lead on 20 minutes when 
when Josh Laurent went down in the penalty area under a challenge from Josh Ruffles, and the referee, Matt Donahue, awarded a penalty. Keeper Lee Nichols dived to his left to keep out Baker's spot kick, and in the scramble that followed, Jacob Brown's left-footed effort hit the post. Five minutes before the break, Stoke were made to pay when Sorba Thomas whipped over a corner to the far post and Nakayama headed powerfully home. Stoke levelled on 56 minutes when William Smallbone's shot was blocked and Baker made amends from his penalty miss by curling a right-footed shot into the bottom corner. Dwight Gale thought he had completed the comeback only for his effort to be chalked off, perhaps wrongly, for a marginal offside. Instead, Huddersfield went back in front on 77 minutes when substitute Duane Holmes cut in to set up Ward, who found the bottom right corner with his left foot finish. Holmes then also set up the decisive third, beating the offside trap to set up Rhodes to clinch, his, uh, clinch it four minutes from time. The 199th league goal of the match travelled former Ipswich Town, Rochdale, Brentford, Blackburn Rovers, Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday and Norwich City striker's career. Hull City 2, Norwich City 1. Oscar Etu- Estutipan's first goal for Hull City set the hosts on their way to a second win in three unbeaten championship games and left winless Norwich City with just one point from a sorry start to life back in the second tier. The Colombian finished from close range late in the first half to put the Tigers ahead when a sloppy Max Aaron's clearance fell kindly after hitting teammate Andrew Odomir-Bele. And Estutipan put an increasingly confident home side 2-0 up when just after the hour, gleefully striking his second goal in English football from a goalmouth melee after Osan Tufan's corner caused chaos. Norwich, who dominated possession and had 10 attempts on goal instead inside the first 25 minutes, struggled to create chances after falling behind until a frantic final 20 minutes, which saw Marcelino Nunes crash in a wonderful 30-yard free kick to make it 2-1, and Aston Villa Loney, Aaron Ramsey, no, not the one that used to play for Arsenal, missed a glorious opportunity to snatch a point. Ramsey somehow shot over from four yards following an Aaron's cross and then had an effort cleared off the line. But all the late dominance could not prevent Dean Smith's side continuing a miserable run, which would be seeing them win just once in 19 league games, stretching back to last season. A first championship win of the season had looked on the cars after an energetic start against a Hull side, who moved second in the table despite being on the back foot for the majority of the opening period. The visitors were slick in their passing and quick to press new recruit Nunes and Timu Puki, both forcing excellent saves from keeper Matt Ingram, and Puki seeing an attempt deflected just over. But the Tigers, knocked out by the Carabao Cup League 2 side Bradford in midweek, regrouped and sensed a second win in three league games when summer signing Estutipanan reacted sharply to pounce on Aaron's mistake and trickle the ball home from their first attempt on target. Grant Hanley did go close with a header after the Canaries after the interval. Best Estutibinan's second looked good enough to seal the points. The visitors, now without a win in six league visits to Hull since a 2-1 victory in April 2007, rediscovered their form from the first half and could and should have come away with a draw. Chilean midfielder Nunez's sumptuous set-piece brought home brought hope with just over 15 minutes remaining, and Ramsey will rue the two chances he failed to convert, meaning Norwich have just one point from nine so far, and a bottom of the table on goal difference. Luton Town nil, Preston North End 1. Brad Potts' spectacular volley gave Preston North End their first championship win of the season as they beat Luton Town. 
Potts unleashed a flying scissor kick after 18 minutes for Preston's first goal in the league this season after Robbie Brady's deep cross from the left. And I'm not being funny. If you haven't seen this on YouTube or on any highlights packages, you need to watch this. This might be one of my favourite ever goals. It was absolutely unreal. The host spurned a number of good chances in either half and felt they should have had a penalty when Elijah Adebayo went down in the area. Corley Woodrow and Adebayo both had good efforts in the final 10 minutes, but Luton could not find a way past Freddie Woodman in the Preston goal. The win moves unbeaten Preston up to 7th place in early championship table, while Luton slipped to 20th. Having drawn their opening two championship matches nil-nil, Ryan Lowe's Preston were keen to avoid being the first team since Ipswich Town in 1998 to begin with three goalless draws. They went ahead in superb style as Potts converted Brady's deep cross shortly after Luton's Carlton Morris had a header saved. Jordan Clark's deflected effort for Luton appeared to clip the crossbar after half an hour, before Brady forced a good save from Ethan Horvath just before the half-time whistle. Potts flashed in a dangerous ball across the Luton six-yard box early in the second half, shortly before the Hatters felt they should have had a penalty after the challenge on Adebayo. Preston's Andrew Hughes had a header blocked on the back post from Potts' cross after an hour, and 15 minutes later, Alan Cowell volleyed Elliot Thorpe's cross wide. Corley Woodrow blazed a late chance over as Luton searched for an equaliser, while Tottenham Loney Troy Parrott sent in an 89th-minute effort straight at Luton keeper Horvath. Millwall 3, Coventry City 2. Millwall came from 2-0 down to win a five-goal thriller at the Den and continue Coventry City's winless start to the new campaign. City led after just two minutes through Carl McFadzian and then doubled their lead on 28 minutes thanks to Matt Godden. But Jake Cooper got one back for Gary Rowett's Lions nine minutes before the break and George Honeyman levelled seven minutes after the restart. The Sky Blues then had to play a man short for the final half an hour after Gustavo Hamer's red card reduced the visitors to ten men and Millwall capitalised when George Savile hit an 85th minute winner. Coventry, who drew at Sunderland on the opening day of season, have had their season badly disrupted since. Having had last week's opening game called off because of the dubious state of their pitch after too much Commonwealth Games rugby on it, they then switched their midweek Carabao Cup tie to Burton and lost heavily. But they then made a dream start when McFadden got on the end of Hema corner, flicked on by Godden. Jake Bidwell then went down to the left to set up the second with a deep cross, which Godden got on the end of to steer it back across the face and into the far corner. But Millwall got one back on 36 minutes from defender Cooper, his first goal since March after an error from Simon Moore. The city keeper came to claim Scott Malone's floated free kick, but Captain Cooper rose highest and headed into an empty net from the edge of the box. The home side were then level on 53 minutes when an effort from Tyler Burry, honours first half sub for Mason Bennett, was turned on uh, turned on to the post and Honeyman found the bottom right hand corner with the rebound from close range. Hamer was then angrily red carded after being late with a challenge on Burry on 67th minute to earn his second yellow and Savile completed the turnaround when he curled a low shot beyond Moore's reach. Millwall now face two challenging away fixtures at Swansea and Norwich without Bennett, who will be out for an extended period with a hamstring injury. Coventry, meanwhile, have already had this Tuesday's home game with Wigan called off and now face an uncertain week, wondering whether next Saturday's home date with Huddersfield will also be postponed. But before then, let's listen to Coventry boss Mark Robbins. 
Mark, must have been a tough one to take today. Uh, yeah, absolutely it was. You know, I think um, when you start the way we did and we were in total control of the game, we, we, we get a goal, a really good start, good set play, good contact, good goal. Gives us the impetus and the confidence to go and um, take the game to them. I think there were still too many turnovers in possession, but they're a, they're a decent side. They've come on a long way, really, in the last sort of 18 months or so. But um, we we controlled it. You know, we, we looked really comfortable in it. I think um, the second goal was a brilliant goal. Really well worked. Great ball in from Jake Bidwell and, and a really good finish from Matty Gordon. But some really good work in the in the process. So. 2-0 up, you're thinking, right, OK, we can really press on our advantage, crowd had turned, um, so we got the game where we wanted to, to get it, and then we go and shoot ourselves in the foot. So decision-making is, you know, people make mistakes, that's fine, learn from your mistakes, don't keep doing it, and it's just an easy, soft goal, which then turns the crowd back on and, uh, and puts us a little bit on the back foot, you know, mentally, so... You know, but we have to we have to deal with things better than we did. Uh, that was the the really the bulk of the work. If you can deal with their if the, their physical aerial presence and the runs that come from it, then you'll be okay. You'll be okay. But didn't deal with that well enough. That meant that they built a bit more pressure and the crowd got up. So that was the disappointment. Then obviously the equaliser that came in the second half. Um, yep, yeah, we've let him come inside too early, but. You know, the finish is a, a really good finish in terms of it hits, it hits the inside of the post and then gets followed up by Huniman, who, who hasn't played that much really part in terms of the game in, in, in possession, but off the ball he's kicking, he's niggling and he's, you know, he's fouling, he's pulling people around and that's what he does. And then all of a sudden we get another shot in foot moment where Gustavo gets sent off again that is totally avoidable, which it kills you. And this heat... Absolutely cool. I think what I've got to say that to that point we'd played we'd played pretty well. We'd given them too much in terms of the uh, the, the the impetus in the game and, and allowed them to change that the direction of the game and where it was headed. Um, but that cost us the game. You know that that solitary moment cost us the game because you know you end up in this heat running around more than you were doing in the first place, and we were running a lot anyway. So. Yeah, that, I mean that, that's you've got to learn, got to learn lessons because we can't afford to to throw points away, and we've thrown points away today. Five more games for you now, and we start with Rotherham United four, Reading nil. We all kind of guessed this was probably going to be something like this. Rotherham put in a superb performance to thrash Reading and clinched their first championship win of the season. Defender Richard Wood opened the scoring in the seventh minute with a floating header from inside the box, which sailed into the far corner of the net. In the 15th minute, striker Connor Washington got on the end of a long Wes Harding pass and fired in off the crossbar for a spectacular finish. The Coles kept coming in for the Millers and they were just three minutes later they netted their third when Reading goalkeeper Joe Lumley inexplicably allowed James Lindsay's effort to squirm through his legs. Reading conceded a fourth just before the interval when another long ball sailed over their back four and was neatly controlled by striker Chesi Ossie who calmly rounded Lumley before snatching the ball into an empty net for his second league goal of the season. Reading's best chance of the game came when Shane Long found Tom Ince, who blasted into the side netting. Their only other opportunity came from left-back Nestor Guinness-Walker, who volleyed wide from close range in the first half. The win ended Rotherham's eight-game losing streak against Reading. 
The Royals, meanwhile, have now won just one of their nine away league games under boss Paul Ince. Sunderland 2, Queen's Park Rangers 2. Goalkeeper Senny Dieng scored in scoppage time to rescue a comeback point for Queen's Park Rangers at unbeaten Sunderland, who then led 2-0 for 47 minutes. The centre goalkeeper completed a remarkable fight back when he headed in two minutes into added time, still had time to make a key save, clawing one effort away, and was also fortunate that Elliot Embleton's struck, uh, effort struck the crossbar. Sunderland's new strike partnership of Ellis Sims and Ross Stewart continued their bright start with first-half goals apiece to establish a 2-0 lead. Stewart opened the scoring when he fired in after Dieng had denied Dan Neal, while Everton Loney Sims followed up his winning double last weekend with a third for the Black Cats when he took an Alex, Neal, Alex Pritchard pass and prodded in. Neil might have extended the lead, but fired wide after the break. However, it was more positive spells for Rangers, who saw Osman Keiki blast over and Tyler Roberts drag wide. Eventually, Ilias Chair did get it right, firing a home free kick with three minutes remaining before Dieng stole the headlines and a point for the R's. Wigan Athletic won, Bristol City won. Bristol City registered their first championship point of the season after a competitive draw against Wigan. City made a few fast start as Andreas Feynman scored his fourth goal in his many games when he tapped in Tommy Conway's pass at the back post. Will Keane levelled the score midway through the second half when he reacted quickest from close range after Tom Naylor's block shot caused a goalmath scramble. Conway and substitute Naki Wells had decent chances to win it for City, while Wigan's Callum Lang and James McLean had late efforts. City remained second from bottom on the early championship table, while Wigan removed up to 15th after their third draw of three games. The only goal came after good work by Mark Sykes to set up Conway, and the pair caused Wigan all sorts of problems down the right. City thought they should have had plenty a penalty after 14 minutes, when Conway, making his first league start of the season after scoring twice in the Carabao Cup win over Hull on Wednesday, went down after a challenge from Jason Kerr, but the referee was unmoved. Wigan were lucky to keep Joe Bennett on the park after he appeared to kick out at Joe Williams after a challenge between the two, with the Wigan man being booked before he went on to set up a max power effort soon after, before Josh McGuinness twice missed the target from crosses into the box. Both sides could have scored shortly before half-time. The impressive Sykes again put Conway through and the young striker struck into the side netting while McGuinness poked an effort wide in stoppage time after being put through by James McLean. Wigan had the 60th minute appeal for handball waved away after Jack Watmouth had headed a McLean corner back across goal, only had to wait seven minutes to get an equaliser they probably deserved. They could have been a denied, they could have been behind again three minutes later when Sykes again caused problems down the right and his cross was headed just wide by Conway. Lang forced a save from Daniel Bentley in an exciting ten minutes, which saw Wells' late shot blocked after some good work by Vyman before McLean blasted over, having been set up by Nathan Broadhead. Moving to the two Sunday games now, we have Middlesbrough 2, Sheffield United 2. Tuba Atpom's double saw Middlesbrough twice fight back to claim a point in an entertaining championship match with Sheffield United. The away side took an early lead when Sanderberg's low strike from 18 yards beat Zach Steffen in the Borough goal. Akpom levelled with a close-range finish from Isaiah Jones's cross after some lovely interplay down the borough right for his first goal of the club since April 2021. 
Ryan Giles slashed Illerman in Dai's drilled centre, uh, drilled centre into the, his own net. But Akpom headed home to rescue a point for Chris Wilder's hosts. The draw means Burrow, who saw sub Duncan Watmore hit a po- hit a post late on, as he always seems to do recently, as they looked for a winner, remain without a victory this season. In hot conditions, it was credit to both sets of players that the pace of this early season encounter hardly dropped across the 90 minutes, with both teams searching for a third goal right up until the end. Home goalkeeper Stefan will perhaps think he should have done better with Berg's opening goal for the Blades, as his low shots seemed to go through the USA internationals. Akpom quickly levelled from the home side following some incisive passing, and it was they who then enjoyed the better of the things for the rest of the half. Sub Rian Brewster had a great chance to put the blades back in front straight after his introduction at the break, but could not find the net after rounding Stefan. The away side then retook the lead in highly fortuitous circumstances as home fullback Giles clattered the ball into his own goal when he could have simply allowed Nindy's cross to go by him. Former Blaze boss Wilder will have been pleased with how his men responded to that setback through, as Akpom, who spent last season on loan in Greece with Pax Salonica, popped up a headed home with a close range after a corner and headed back across goal. Borough will look to claim their first three points of the campaign at Stoke in midweek, while Paul Heckingbottom's men will also be in action on Wednesday as they host the unbeaten Sunderland. And finally, we have Blackburn Rovers 2, West Bromwich Albion 1. Ben Berent and Diaz scored one and made another as Blackburn Rovers went top of the championship with a 2-1 win over West Bromwich Albion. Having not had a shot for much of the first half, star Rovers forward Berent and Diaz gave his side the lead with a curling left foot effort into the bottom corner from the edge of the box. Shortly after the interval, the Chile international turned provider with some excellent work down the left wing to feed Sam Gallagher, who side-footed home from 18 yards. Grady Dean Garner pulled one back after his strike took a deflection which wrong-footed Thomas Kaminsky in the Rovers' goal. But the hosts held on for two points clear at the top of the championship, the only side with three wins from their first three games, while winless West Brom dropped to 20th with two points from their three matches after their first defeat. But as we've mentioned in previous programmes, they have been really hard opening three games for West Brom. Blackburn have won their first three games of the season for the first time since 1998, when Rovers went on to finish fifth in the old second division before losing to Crystal Palace in the playoff final. The Baggies started the brightest as Darnell Furlong headed a corner wide in the first minute, while Dean Garner's 17th minute far post header drifted wide after a good ball from Jed Wallace. Having created little, it was a moment of magic from Berenton Diaz as he brilliantly controlled Callum Britton's pass, allowing him a bit of space to bend his shot around the defender. The striker, who scored 22 goals for Rovers last season, turned provider for his side second in what would have been their only other attempt on target. Steve Bruce's side should have levelled the game. Wallace had a free kick that was deflected over the bar, while Carlin Grant just missed getting on the end of Callum Robinson's flick with 22 minutes to go. The Baggies' best effort came in the 79th minute when Dean Garner's cross was met by Carlin Grant, but Thomas Kaminsky was on hand to pull off a superb save. The game, which had water breaks in either half due to the extreme heat, had 11 minutes of stoppage time, with Semi Ajayu also getting an equaliser in the 8th, but he headed Wallace's clear corner wide after Kaminsky came out and failed to gather the ball. So with that, we'll take a look at the championship table. And as we've just mentioned in that last game, one team have won all three of their opening matches, and that is Blackburn Rovers, who sit proudly on the top of the table. 
In hot pursuit and two teams on seven points, we have Hull and Watford. I think if you would have asked a Hull fan at the beginning of the season where you'd expect in the opening few matches, second is most certainly not it. Uh, filling out the remainder of the playoffs, we have Millwall and Cardiff on six points and Sunderland sat on five. Down at the bottom end, we have three teams in the relegation zone all on one point, and that is Coventry City, Bristol City and Norwich City. That could be a real concern. Now, it would be premature to be saying, should we be concerned for Norwich? And for more specifically, should we be concerned for Dean Smith? But Norwich at the bottom, in the Championship, this isn't the Premier League, we're more used to them seeing them there, uh, when they're in the first division, not in the second. I'm sure they'll turn it around, though. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. So with that, we move on to League One. And we'll start with Bristol Rovers 1, Oxford United 0. Bristol Rovers won their first home league game of the season as they saw off Oxford at 1-0 at the Memorial. The home side made the most of the early kickoff, scheduled at the request of Avon and Somerset Police, with John Marquis scoring his first league goal for the West Country Club on 34 minutes. A well-worked free kick for Rovers involved Sam Finlay chipping over the defence, with Aaron Collins touching the ball past Oxford goalkeeper Simon Eastwood, enabling Marquis to head into the open net. Before that, Oxford had threatened when Sam Long rose highest at the corner to send a looping header onto the crossbar after 15 minutes. A Cameron Brannigan shot from 25 yards in the fifth minute was saved, but his captain, Elliot Moore, may have been fortunate to only have been booked after tangling with Marquis on the floor just before the break. James Henry then headed a Matty Taylor cross over the bar to spurn the visitors' best opening on 52 minutes. Accrington Stanley 4... Burton Albion, four. Davis Keeler Dunn scored a hat-trick, but an added-time goal from Rosario Longelo meant Burton's trip to Accrington finished as a thrilling draw. Burton took the lead on ten minutes when Stanley debutant Baba Fernandez was judged to have tripped Gassana Hadami in the area. Keeler Dunn sent Lucas Jensen the wrong way for Albion's first goal of the campaign. It was the two on 17 minutes when Victor Ajibayo chested the ball down for Keeler Dunn in the area and he fired home. Burton made it three on 50 minutes when Johnny Smith's ball across the face of goal was tapped home at the far post for Keeler Dunn's triple. Stanley gave themselves a lifeline on 52 minutes when Sean McConville's cross was headed home by Joe Pritchard. It was 3-2 on 57 minutes when Tommy Lee sent McConville clean through after he chipped keeper Vigilmi Sincialo. 
Burton made it 4-2 on 81 minutes when Joe Powell headed against the post and Hadami fired the rebound into the empty net. Josh Woods headed home on 90 minutes for Stanley and then Burton failed to clean their lines in injury time and Longalo in the 96th minute forced the ball home at the far post. Cambridge United 2, Exeter City 1. Cambridge maintained their fine start of the campaign after coming from behind to beat Exeter at a sun-drenched abbey. The first clear-cut chance fell to Cambridge, but Joe Ironside's swivel and shot was cleared before Paul Digby's blast at goal was collected by Exeter keeper Jamal Blackman at the second attempt. At the other end, Samuel Nomby lobbed over from after latching onto Blackman's long clearance and then shaved the crossbar after being put through by Archie Collins. Sam Smith headed over after Exeter failed to clear Adam May's corner, but on 30 minutes the dangerous Nomby outmuscled Lloyd Jones on the, on the right to tee up Giovanni Brown. The former Cambridge striker made no mistake, coolly slotting home the opener past Dimitar Mimitov. Cambridge were level on the hour when Smith got on the end of a goal at uh, George Williams' teasing cross from the right to head in his first goal of the season. The turnaround was complete two minutes from time when Digby crashed a home, a close-range header after substitute Jack Lancaster's whipped cross from the left. Cambridge, start that again, Cheltenham Town nil, Portsmouth two. Yes, the misery has continued for Cheltenham. Colby Bishop scored a brace as Portsmouth picked up their first League One win of the season with victory at Cheltenham. The summer signing from Accrington opened the scoring after half an hour, finishing from a close range after Michael Morrison nodded Michael Jacobs' cross home. Taylor Perry was close to levelling for Cheltenham five minutes later, but his 20-yard effort curled just wide. Elliot Bond sent a low drive past the right post for the home side who were still looking for their first points under new head coach Wade Elliott. Portsmouth started the second half strongly and after 10 minutes of resistance, Cheltenham conceded a penalty with Ryan Jackson tripping Jacobs in the box. Bishop stepped up to convert from the spot to make it four goals for the season in all competitions. Connor O'Gilvy thumped an effort just over the bar as Pompey nearly added a third. George Lloyd crossed the ball to the far post but Sean Long headed wide as Cheltenham failed to find a breakthrough. Derby County 2, Barnsley 1 Derby won the battle of the relegated clubs as they beat visitors Barnsley. The Reds started very nervously with a mix-up between Connor McCarthy and goalkeeper Brad Collins in the six-yard box, seeing Lewis Sibley denied from close range by the stopper. The same two players will be disappointed with the opener on eight minutes as Collins totally missed a corner by former Barnsley captain Connor Hurahan and the ball appeared to bounce in off McCarthy for an own goal. James Norwood was denied one-on-one by home goalkeeper Joe Wildsmith, but Liam Rossini's side made it 2-0 when Tom Barkerson set up the unmarked Nathaniel Mendes-Lang to smosh into the bottom left corner from the edge of the box. Barnsley's Jack Agenson blazed over a golden chance, then James Collins fired wide at the other end when it looked sure to score. Josh Benson's deflected 20-yard shot made it 2-1 midway through the second half, then Mads Anderson headed a Benson corner wide of the top right corner in injury time. Ipswich Town 3, Milton Keynes Dons 0. Ipswich went top of League 1 with a convincing victory over MK Dons at Portman Road. Goals from Wes Burns and Marcus Harness put the host 2-0 ahead at the break before Connor Chaplin swept home Town's third in the second half to wrap up a comfortable win. Ipswich had a sight of goal in the second minute when striker Freddie Ladapo broke free on the left, but his low drive was smothered by Jamie Cumming. Janoi Danassian's superb run and cross from the right flank was then expertly fired home by Burns three minutes later as Town opened the scoring. 
MK Dons responded and Conor Grant bought a fine save from goalkeeper Christian Walton before debutant Matt Dennis missed a glaring chance to equalise when he headed over Grant's excellent left-wing cross. The Tractor Boys doubled their lead in the 28th minute when Harness reacted quickest to force the ball home after Burns' low shot from outside the area was saved by Cumming. Ipswich skipper Sam Morsey's stinging drive was tipped over by Cumming six minutes later as the host headed the staff strongly. Chaplin turned in Ipswich's third in the 60th minute after Nassian cut the ball back following some clever footwork in the penalty area. Substitute Sonia Luco went close to adding a fourth after he drove into the box, but his low effort was turned wide by Cumming with 11 minutes to go. Lincoln City won, Forest Green Rovers won. Striker Connor Wickham's leveller helped Forest Green battle back to defeat, uh, back from behind to rescue a draw away to Lincoln. Bailey Cargill's unfortunate own goal looked to have condemned Rovers to defeat, but Wickham's clinical strike secured a battling away point. Defender Cargill diverted into his own net in the 63rd minute, but Wickham levelled 10 minutes later as Rovers snatched a point at Sinselbank. Rovers midfielder Regan Hendry forced a smart save out of Lincoln goalkeeper Carl Rushworth with his first decent chance of the contest. Josh Marsh also tested the on-loan Brighton keeper with a sweet strike from the edge of the box. Midfielder Max Sanders headed just wide of the home side eight minutes before the break and also went close minutes moments later, forcing a fine save from Rovers keeper Luke McGee with an ambitious 35-yard strike. Forward Anthony Scully fired, rifled a right foot effort just wide of the left post on the strike of half-time. McGee then thwarted midfielder Jordan Garrick with a superb save in the first half injury time, pushing their effort past the post. Lincoln striker Tom Hopper shot inches off target after the restart, but Cargill's goal separated the two sides when he deflected across under pressure from Garrick into his own side net. But Wickham's first goal of the season proved enough for a battling point. Morecambe won, Fleetwood Town won. Morecambe and Fleetwood played out a one-all draw in a lively Lancashire derby. Arthur Gonneau gave the home side the lead in the 32nd minute with a fierce shot that beat Jay Lynch from an acute angle before Danny Andrew levelled the scores with a superb right foot curler seven minutes from time. Morecambe had the better of the first half with former Cod Army man Ash Hunter hitting the post after latching onto a poor Brendan Weirdo back pass and visiting goalkeeper Lynch making two superb saves from Ganoe. Fleetwood looked a different proposition in the second half with Sean Rooney and Jed Garner wasting good chances and Kean Harris set a goalbound shot well blocked by Ryan Delaney. The home side made a golden chance to make it 2-0 when Dylan Connolly was played in on goal in 78 minutes, only denied by Lynch again and the goalkeeper was rewarded for his efforts when the side earned a point through Andrew's fantastic finish. Fleetwood ended the game with 10 main and after Paddy Lane was shown a straight red card in injury time for a late tackle on Sean McLaughlin. Plymouth Argyle 2, Peterborough United 0. Plymouth beat Peterborough 2-0 in League 1 to avenge their Carabao Cup defeat by the same score in midweek. Posh goalkeeper Lucas Bergstrom made a brilliant 22nd minute save to deny Ballymumba, but Plymouth took the lead on the half hour after a flowing move down the right-hand side to playmaker Danny Mayer teeing up Finn Azaz, who made no mistake. Azaz, on loan from Aston Villa, now scored twice in two home league games for Argyle. Jack Marriott's angled strike, which was superbly saved by Michael Cooper, was as close as the visitors came in the first half. The home side increased their lead from a thumping 65th minute Ryan Hardy penalty, after Frankie Kent fouled Mumba. Joe Taylor was one of four posh substitutes introduced at the break, 
and he saw his 86th minute strike on the turn turned onto a post by Cooper as the hosts held out. Let's listen to former Yeovil favourite and current Argyle captain, Joe Edwards. Has anyone told you that it was 30 odd degrees today? You didn't seem to be able to tell the way you were bombing up that flank today. You must have enjoyed it. Um, I don't know about enjoyment. It definitely felt it was that hot at times. It was um, definitely the hottest game I've ever played in. Uh, you couldn't catch your breath and you do a run and you, your legs felt it. But like I said, when you're on that, um, when you're playing like we did today, it gives you that added energy. The crowd give you that added energy. And it was, um, yeah, like I said, we made it harder for them than it was for us. I think it felt like one of those days where I can't really pick out anyone that didn't have a game at the top of their game, really. And I guess when you've got teammates that are raising it to that level, you go along with it, and it was a real team effort today. Yeah, we said that in the change room just then. Like I said, everyone performed to their to their, do you know I mean? their, their peaks today, and that's what we need in every game. That's the standards we've set. Um, and like I said, when we do do that, we always come out on top. So um, we can't come away from that. We've got to build on this. Um, but like I said, everyone was, to a man was fantastic today. You talk about setting standards. You're the captain. You played in the week. There's been other games that have been going on, and it's you've got to raise yourself as much as anything. I thought you did today, if I don't if you don't mind me saying. But is it is it more difficult? Is it easier for you in your position when, when you know that everyone's got to be galvanised by you? Yeah, it is. Like I said, it's part of my part of my role and responsibility. Not just talking, but I've got to lead by example on the pitch as well. And I said, if, if I can if I can do that, I hope the boys will follow with me. And um, like I said today, I thought Evan was fantastic and. Um, the energy and the, the infusion that we put into a performance on a, on a hot day like that was, was unbelievable. So credit to all the boys, and like I said, it was just a, it was a brilliant day. It's very, very early in the season to be talking about teams that are top of the league, top of the league 100%, etc. But that's what Peterborough were before today. Does that go through your thoughts before this? Does it feel like, feel like a bigger win because of that? Yeah, it's, it's a great win. Like I said, they, they were at the top. They're a good side. They've just come down from the championship. They've got some good players. But we know on our day and when we all performed like we did then today that we can be anywhere in this league. So... Um, like I said, we just got to concentrate on ourselves. Um, make sure we do perform because the week before that we didn't we didn't perform at Fleetwood. So uh, we need to be consistent and keep our performance levels to, to what they were here and against Barnsley. And like I said it will be a match for anyone. We also talk about defending as a unit, both from the front and through the midfield and etc. But as part of, if I call it a five-man defensive unit, which you're part of, it's another clean sheet at home. And they're little things that you can also be proud. It's not even a little thing. They are things that you can be proud of. Definitely, yeah, and that's something that we've we've set targets for this year, and we've got two at two at home this year, so we're off to a good start with that. We know clean sheets are massive in this league, and um, we've set our target. What we want to do, we've got best keeper in the league behind us, so if we can do do our job, we know we should, we'll do quite well. In your particular position, when you're playing wing back, you probably do as much running as anyone up and back. You and Barley on the flanks today really got forward and turned them a little bit. That felt like that was quite important in the way that we could keep our momentum going by you two playing up the pitch rather than back. Yeah, we knew they were going to press us. They did it on the, in the week and. Uh, we knew they'd be sort of doing the same, similar sort of thing, so we needed we to get in behind and nicely like, stretch the game. And once we do that, it gives our tens a bit more space on the ball. And um, like I said it worked out well for us today. Barley, different different level out out on the other side, and do you know I mean he gives that infusion as well. Infusion as well. So like I said when we're when we're at it like that, we're hard to play against. The game next game comes very very quickly. You've played Wednesday, Saturday. Now it's Tuesday away to Charlton. It's a bit of a trip up there. Obviously we've talked about the weather, but the boys are ready. They are, yeah. And even it's, it's even better after wins. You know I mean. Uh, you want, you, want to play, you want to keep playing games and, and keep performing. And I so say when you play like that, um, the next game can't come soon enough. Port Vale nil, Bolton Wanderers nil. Manager Ian Evert and captain Ricardo Santos were sent off, but Bolton predicted their unbeaten start to the season with a nil-nil draw at Port Vale. Wanderers played for 53 minutes with 10 men after Santos received a second yellow card from referee Ross Joyce for fouling Vale new boy Ellis Harrison. Santos, who was red-carded by the same official at Morecambe last season, a dismissal later rescinded, had earlier been booked after clashing with Nathan Smith at a Bolton corner. 
Goalkeeper coach Match Jilks was cautioned for disputing the red card with the fourth official, while Angry Everett did not return for a second half after being waved away by the referee at the interval. Bolton also claimed a 12th-minute shot from Amadou Bakayoko had crossed the line before Smith hooked it clear. Keeper Jack Stevens, another Vale debutant, saved well from Dapper Afolians before Connor Hall fired narrowly wide as Daryl Clark's side retaliated. James Trafford denied former Fleetwood striker Harrison on three occasions in the second half, while Bakayoko wasted a great chance for the visitors. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Charlton Athletic 0. Tyreek Baconson's goal late in, the goal, uh, late in the game was enough to give Sheffield Wednesday a victory over Charlton. Barry Bannon had a chance for the host after only two minutes, glancing ahead of just wide. Charlton had then enjoyed a good spell with Albie Morgan having an effort saved by David Stockdale, while Scott Fraser and Stephen Sessignon both put shots over. There was once another chance for the Addicts, when a defensive mix-up let in Corey Blackett-Taylor, but Liam Palmer got back to clear off the line. Baconson threatened to force the breakthrough shortly before he found the net. The goal came nine minutes from time when Windass crossed from the right and Bakerson powered ahead at home. Windass then picked up a loose ball, ran into the box and squared to Sal, whose effort was blocked. The pair combined again in stoppage time, with Sal finding Windass on the edge of the area, but he fired over. And finally we have Wickham Wanderers 1, Shrewsbury Town 2. Luke Leahy's late penalty earned Shrewsbury their first league win of the season with a victory against Wickham. Matthew Pennington equalised after Gareth McCleary had given the host a deserved lead and Salop skipper Leahy completed the turnaround two minutes from time. Wickham had the run of the first half, forcing town goalkeeper Marco Morosi into the string of fine saves. Jack Grimmer was the first to be denied with an instinctive header tipped over and a venomous drive from former glover Lewis Wing had the Slovakian shopstopper at full stretch again. The chair boys finally found a way through the interval as a long ball fa- forward set up nicely for McCleary on the edge of the box and the Jamaican international arrowed his effort into the bottom corner. Pennington then restored parity on the hour mark with a looping far post header after a George Nurse long throw. Then, with full time approaching, the visitors were awarded a spot kick as Joe Jacobson pulled down substitute Tom Bayliss and Leahy dispatched from 12 yards with ease. So with that, that concludes uh, the League One uh, week. So let's take a look at the table. And the two automatic promotion spots are taken up by the two undefeated teams, namely Ipswich Town, who are top of the league with a goal difference of four, quickly followed by Sheffield Wednesday with a goal difference of two. Five teams have got uh, six points. Uh, Obviously, four of those are taking up the playoff spots, which are Bristol Rovers, Peterborough, Plymouth, Cambridge, and then Derby County sat just outside. At the other end, we have two teams yet to pick up a win, which are Cheltenham Town and MK Dons, still on no points. The other two yet to pick up a win are Morecambe and Burton Albion, who take up the other two remaining relegation spots. Hey, are you going to the Yeovil Ukulele Festival? Sunday the 4th of September at Haysbury Mill near Crookern. 11 o'clock in the morning till 9 at night with big acts from the ukulele world including Plastic Jesus, Tricity Vogue, The Hedge Inspectors, 80s icon Sam Brown, Pete Brown, 
Hester Goodman from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain and local duo in sync. Now there's a famous talky queen, she looks a flapper on the screen, she's more like... Tickets are available from the website www.yovelukulele.club and on the door. And it's all in aid of mind in Somerset. There'll be performances across two stages, workshops, strum and sing-alongs, trade stands, food, raffle and more. So make sure you get there. September the 4th at Hazelbury Mill near Krugard. So with that we move on to League 2. AFC Wimbledon 2, Doncaster Rovers 2. Roshaw Williams' first career goal snatched an unlikely 2-all draw for Doncaster at AFC Wimbledon in a dramatic finale at Plough Lane, which nothing really happened for the first 75 minutes and then everything happened after that. A double by Brentford Loney Nathan Young-Coombs, his first, uh, his first two senior goals, looks certain to have won the match for the Dons, only for Rovers to somehow extend their unbeaten start to the League 2 season. Lee Tomlin almost offered open the scoring for Doncaster with a superb free kick that was matched by Dons keeper Nick Tazanovev. It took until the 76th minute for the Dons to finally break through, when substitute Young Coombs managed to bundle a ball over the line after Josh Davison's header from Lee Brown's hit cross hit the post. Young Coombs then doubled his tally by flicking in Ayubiazal's cross to seemingly seal the points for the Dons, but a thumping hit by Tommy Rowe after 87 minutes gave Donny a lifeline. And then there was enough time left for them to snatch a point, as Williams rose to head in Adam Clayton's flicked-on corner four minutes into added time. Bradford City 2, Newport County 0. Bradford City picked up at their first league win of the season at the expense of 10-man Newport County, a game I actually had the pleasure of watching live at, at Valley Parade, a real old-school ground, and if you've never had the, uh, had the pleasure of going, I'd highly recommend it. Really interesting, actually. Richard Smallwood gave the hosts for an early lead with a well-struck shot from outside the box while County were dealt a further blow before the break when Declan Drysdale was sent off. Man of the match Harry Chapman doubled Bradford's lead before the half-hour mark with a fine solo effort. County ended the day in the drop zone with just a point from three games. The two sides returned into League 2 action after beating Championship clubs in the first round of the EFL Cup, with both looking for their first league successes. In soaring temperatures at Valley Parade, Mark Hughes' Bradford started brightly and never looked like surrendering their lead after the skipper's opener. The winner takes them to 11th in the early season table. County's afternoon was made worse after losing Aaron Wildig and Robbie Wilmot to injury. Let's listen to Bradford City boss Mark Hughes. Mark, first three points on the board of the season. You must be pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, I thought um, yeah, clearly good value. Um, in fairness to, to Newport, I thought they certainly second half down to ten men. At least they kept us honest, kept two up top, and kept us occupied. And uh, yeah, probably could have created more chances in that second half, but managed the game very easily. No real scares towards the end, and. Very comfortable, really. Uh, good win, uh, good goals, and uh, yeah, it's always important to get the first home win. Uh, we've been able to do that, and on being at home, two games. There you go. We're on a run. So uh, yeah, we we've kept the momentum, which is important. We've played two good sides um, in a short space of time and won both games. So that's 
that's a good uh, good feeling for everybody. How important is that that game management in one nil at the break, but a little bit of adversity, albeit probably working in our favour with them having the man sent off and being forced into a couple of early changes, but it's still things that I guess we have to adapt to in the second half. Yeah, like I said, they, they kept two two men up and uh, they tried to lock us in, and uh, it wasn't going to be easy to break them down. We've we've had experience of that already this year, so uh, um, credit to them. But uh, like I said, we got the job done. The, the order of the day was to get three points, maximum points today, first home win, and that's what we've been able to achieve, thankfully. Two bits of uh, individual magic as well. Richie Swallowwood, perhaps not what you brought him in for solely, but uh, him and Harry Chapman with the two very good goals in the end. Yeah, two great strikes, and uh, yeah, I'm really pleased to see them going in. It uh, just settled us down at good times, and um, yeah, after Chappie's goal went in, uh, I thought Chappie played really well in terms of being the creative spark for us, and um, we'll need more of that because uh, on occasions we'll, we'll find teams um, making it difficult for us because uh, they show us that respect but uh, in the end as I said saw the game out quite comfortably uh, probably needed to create more chances top end just to make it more emphatic um, but happy enough with 2 you mentioned the importance of that home form, I guess, coming off a victory like we did on Tuesday night, still remaining undefeated at home and, and going out and getting all three points today was important in terms of what we want to grow on and what we want to do this season at home and away. Yeah, we, we talked about um, going on a run and making sure that uh, we're difficult to beat here and uh, we're showing signs that uh, teams will come here and, and actually respect the ability we've got and, and probably uh, not come at us as maybe they, they have done in the past. Um, that's credit to, to what we've been able to, the message we've been able to get out there in terms of how we want to play. But uh, we certainly, there's areas of our play that we can clearly work on and be better at and uh, as the season progresses fully expect that to happen. Plenty to build on with back-to-back away games now on the horizon. Yeah, we are not easy going away um, but like I said we're in good heart, uh, confidence wise we're in a good place, back-to-back uh, -back wins has done that for us so going to a uh, difficult game with that we, we haven't really had good memories of, certainly not last year so we, we want to put that to rights and, uh, and obviously we'll We'll face the, the game of the weekend after that one. Carlisle United 1, Swindon Town 1. Christian Dennis's fourth goal in his many games saw Carlisle fight back to draw at home to Swindon at Brunton Park. Jacob Wakeling fired the visitors into the 22nd minute lead. But fellow forward Dennis equalised for the hosts on the stroke of half-time, with a clinical strike, meaning he has now scored in every game so far this season. Corey Whelan wasted a glorious chance to put in the home side ahead after only two minutes, but he headed horribly wide from Owen Moxon's cross into the box. Harry McCurdy rifled wide out against his former club with Swindon's first chance before Moxon had a shot saved at the other end. Carlisle defender Jack Armour latched onto the loose ball only to blast wide of the left post as both teams pushed for the opener. Jordan Gibson shot well over for Carlisle, but it was the visitors who struck first to the, for their opening goal of the season. Wakeling pounced and a curled shot into the far corner. Former Yeovil player Amami Patrick somehow blazed over from six yards out with an empty net at his mercy. But thankfully for the home side, Dennis was on hand to restore parity with a simple finish on the cusp of half-time. McCurdy was denied by a fine save from goalkeeper Tom Holly, as Swindon looked to reclaim their lead and goalscorer Wakeling also had a shot blocked by the keeper with his legs. McCurdy missed a great chance to win it when he lashed into the side netting late in the game and the spoils 
were shared. It's Crawley Town nil, Harrogate Town nil. Crawley's early season goal drought stretched to three league games at the start of the season for the first time as the English Football League outfit followed a goalless draw at Harrogate. That said, the Red Devils did pick up their first point of the campaign and created a better opportunities against a subdued Sulphurite side. In a cagey first half, chances were at a premium, but homekeeper Pete Jameson did well to race out of his goal and thwart Kwesi Apaya. Crawley's Travis Johnson also reacted sharply to deny Jamie Heem Heedley, a tap-in after Corey Adai had parried Luke Armstrong's shot. After the break, Jameson made an excellent flying save to deny on-loan Arsenal defender Mazid Ogungbo, while James Tilly, looping header, clipped the top of the host's crossbar. Substitute James Balzaghi also blazed over with the goal at his mercy, but Jack Muldoon might have snatched an unlikely victory for Harrogate at the death when he broke clear only to drag his shot across the face of goal. Their blank score sheet meant Crawley have now failed to net in six of their last seven league fixtures, including last term's run-in. Lake Orient 1, Bansfield Town 0. Charlie Kelman was on target as the Lake Orient made it three league wins out of three, with a 1-0 win over Mansfield to go top of the league. The Stags were left to ruin a number of spurned first-half chances, including a missed penalty in the first minute by Stephen McLaughlin. Reese Oates was felled by O's keeper Lawrence Figaro after 16 seconds of play, but the shot-stopper redeemed himself, turning the spot kick around the post. Oates was denied three minutes by the ref- uh, three times by the reflexes of Figaro before the break, but Orient increased the tempo after the interval, and George Moncourt drew a fine save from Christy Pym before they went ahead on 63 minutes. Debutant midfielder Idris El Mizuni, on, on a season-long loan from Ipswich, swept past two defenders before laying the ball off for Kelman to net from 15 yards. That strike settled the O's nerves who protected their slender advantage with a resilient defensive display as the Stags struggled to pose an incisive threat. Northampton Town 2, Hartlepool United 1. Northampton registered their second victory of the season with a half-fought 2-1 success over winless Hartlepool at a sweltering six fields on Saturday. Joshua Mura cancelled out Tyler McLaws' opener in the first half, but Louis Sapire grabbed the got winner to give the Cobblers seven points from their first three games. Apiri was unable to connect cleanly with Mitch Pinnock's cross in decent early chance for Northampton before Hartlepool responded through David Ferguson, whose shot was blocked. Ben Killett thwarted Henry Lintett, but Northampton did have the lead just past the half-hour mark when Majlor headed in from virtually on the goal line after Gillip had twice denied Danny Hilton. Hartley pulled level with their first goal of the season and it came deep in the first half stoppage time as Amura first the ball in from a free kick. Northampton took the lead 13 minutes into the second half with what proved to be the winner. Apiri scored at the second attempt after his first effort was handled on the line by former Yeovil player Alex Lacey. Hartlepool did have one big chance to grab a point, but Lee Burge brilliantly saved from Amira. Rochdale nil, Grimsby Town won. Grimsby landed a devastating sucker punch as Luke Waterfall headed a stoppage time winner to snatch a 1-0 victory against Rochdale at the Crown Oil Arena. The home side could have... It could have had the game wrapped up midway through the first half. Three minutes in, James Ball's side foot finish beat Max Crocombe in the Grimsby goal, but struck teammate Devante Rodney on the goal line and bounced to safety. Ian Henderson saw a, val- a volley saved by Crocombe after a good approach play from Ray Tullock, and in the tenth minute from the experienced striker fired wide after a great run down the left from Abraham Odo. Henderson 
sent Rodney through on goal and it was denied by Michael Efete's last graft challenge. While Odo was close to turning home at a Femi Sariki delivery at the back post, but only succeeded in firing into the side netting. For the Mariners, Bryn Morris struck the crossbar with a long-range hit, and after the interval, they competed for, on a more even footing. Waterville won it when he headed home Anthony Glennon's corner a minute into time, added on to leave Dale pointless after three games. Salford City 3, Crew Alexander nil. Crew Alexander had Basala Sambu sent off as their 100% start to League 2 season. Came to end with a 3-0 defeat at Salford City. Brandon Thomas Asante scored two goals inside first uh, four second half minutes to secure victories for the host. But the damage had already been done when Sambu was dismissed in the 31st minute with Alex trailing. The visitors enjoyed a good start with Dan Agi heading a brilliant chance wide after nine minutes. Salford hit the front in the 17th minute after Conor McElhenney finished off a good counter-attack. Sambu was dismissed after grabbing Theo Vassell by the throat during an off-the-ball incident. Callum Hendry smacked the woodwork from distance before Ibu Torre and Jason Lowe went close either side of half-time. Thomas Asante doubled Salford's lead with a powerful finish from just outside the box. And it was game over three minutes later when Thomas Asante tapped home Torre's pinpoint cross. Elliot Watt fired over from distance midway through the half before Thomas Asante was denied by hat-trick, uh, denied a hat-trick by Kevin Mellor's last-ditch block. Stockport County 1, Colchester United 0. Newly promoted Stockport got their season off and running with a deserved 1-0 win against Colchester. Finally, I finally got a prediction about Stockport right. Substitute Carl Wooten scored the all-important goal to hand last season's National League champions their first points after back-to-back defeats. Colchester threatened first when Marley Marshall Miranda went close with a powerfully 20-yard drive. Back came Stockport, with Antonio Sarsovic planting a free header straight into goalkeeper Sam Hornby's grateful grasp. The host went on to boss the remainder of the first period, with skipper Paddy Madden seeing a striker from a tight angle saved well by Hornby. Sarsovic also crashed a smart half volley narrowly off target at County Dominated, while Madden saw a firm strike bravely blocked by keeper Luke Chambers shortly before the restart. County finally broke the deadlock in the 68th minute when Sub Wooten rose superbly to head home, Ollie Crankshaw's measured cross. Madden forced Hornby into another excellent stop in the latter stages, whilst other former Glover, Miles Hippolyte, also came close to doubling the host's lead. Sutton United won, Barrow nil. Sutton picked up their first win of League Two season after a substitute Tope Fahunzi's second half goal earned them a controversial 1-0 win against previously unbeaten Barrow. A long ball from Sutton goalkeeper Jack Rose was finished off by Fadahunzi in the 79th minute after Barrow stopper Paul Farman appeared to misread the flight of the ball. It looked as though Barrow substitute John Rooney had grabbed a last gasp equaliser for the visitors after a free kick from his own half found its way past substitute goalkeeper Brad House, but after a lengthy discussion the goal was disallowed. The win moves Matt Gray Sutton up to 12th place in the League 2 table on four points, while Barrow dropped to 6th, having won their opening two matches. Farman produced some good saves to keep Sutton at bay in the first half, and it was Barrow who went closest before the break when Sam Foley's shot from range in the 37th minute was touched onto the post by Rose. The visitors looked the likeliest to win the game in the second half, only to be hit by the sucker punch from Fado Hunzi, who had only come onto the pitch seven minutes before the winner. Tramia Rovers 3... Chillingham nil. Tranmere clapped up their first win of the season, easing to a 3-0 victory over Gillingham. 
Elliot Nevitt opened the scoring before Ethan Bristow thumped in midway through the second half, and Josh Dacris Cogley added the third 15 minutes from time. Rovers went close three minutes in, Kane Hemmings chipping keeper Glenn Morris, but seeing the ball rebound off the crossbar. Nevitt struck on 18 minutes after latching onto Chris Merry's ball over the top, and holding off Elgin Baggett before finishing. He was inches away from doubling Tramier's lead, but his finish went wide after Paul Lewis and Bristow combined. Gillingham had offered Lytton in the first half, but they should have equalised two minutes after the restart when Jordan Green, yes, another former Glover, Glover tonight, thudded a shot against the inside of the post, with no Jill's players reacting quickly enough to try and the danger. On 67 minutes, Hemmings split the difference with a neat ball for Bristow to run onto, and he made no mistake drilling past the helpless Morris to make it 2-0. A shocking mix-up at the back allowed Decris Cogley to sneak in and seal victory with a chip that agonisingly for Gillingham just had enough to roll into the net. And with Gillingham unable to register a shot on target all afternoon, Rovers were home and dry. And finally, we have Walsall 1, Stevenage 1. Danny Rose's 100th minute equaliser rescued Steve Evans's Stevenage a dramatic point as one all draw at Walsall ended both sides 100% starts. Walsall led for most of the game through Dan Johnson's fifth goal in four matches, but Rose headed home Arthur Reed's deep cross at the far post in the last minute of the ten added on. On loan striker Johnson had continued his superb start to his Walsall career by firing the Saddlers into a 17th minute lead after Steve Inages failed to clear a long throw. Jamie Reed also prodded the visitors' level from Dan Sweeney's low cross, but was denied by a brilliant diving one-handed stop from Owen Evans at his near post. Walsall had chances to seal the points after the break in the best falling to Johnson, who could only poke another former glover, Andy Williams' low cross wide, on the stretch. Stevenage went close as Reed pounced on the mix-up between Peter, Clark and Evans, only for the keeper to stay big and save well. But he was beaten by Rose's header at the death. So with that, we look at the League 2 table. Only one team remains uh, with three wins out of three. That's Leighton Orient, who sit top of the table. Other teams that have got seven points and are thus still unbeaten are Walsall, Salford, Northampton Town and Stevenage. And the two remaining in the playoffs are Barrow and Crewe. At the other end, Rochdale are still yet to record a win. And they are joined in the relegation zone by the one point of Hartlepool United. So with that, that comes to the end of this week's EFL review. Next week, we won't have an EFL preview, but instead another EFL review coming out on Friday. That's because we have a game week four is being played midweek across the EFL. So we've got all the fixtures and all the matches to dive into without any of my dreaded predictions that I'm very grateful for because I'd have almost certainly got them wrong. But until then, thank you very much for listening. Uh, do, do feel free to get in touch with me here at Three Valleys Radio. I always love to hear from, from people interested in the show. And with that, have a lovely rest of your week. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>